Welcome back to Never Found, Never Forgotten. So um, you may have realized that we took a little hiatus. You haven't heard from us in a little while. Um, I just wanted to let you know that we've made some changes here at Never Found, Never Forgotten. Um, Kayla, as most of you know, is um, the mom of a five-year-old and a seven-month-old and also a full-time teacher, kindergarten teacher at that. And so she just felt like she needed to take a step back um, from the podcast. Um, she'll still be active on our social media, um, primarily our Facebook group, and um, but she won't be recording these episodes with me every single week. She'll still make an appearance, I promise. But for the most part, you're just going to hear from me, and I'm going to tell you the same old stories. Um, you're just going to miss out on the top three. You won't hear our T.O.P. 3 song anymore. Oh, darn, right? Um, and I'm going to try to make these as interesting as possible with just me. So um, we hope that... Um, uh, we can still bring you great content that you enjoy. It'll just be me for now. Um, and like I said, Kayla is still active um, in the Facebook group. Um, and we'll be sharing our, our episodes that way. So anyhow, that's what's been happening with us. It's been a crazy start to the year. Um, but the case that I chose for tonight is um, super interesting very interesting, very bizarre, and definitely took me down an internet rabbit hole, which are always fun. Um, so this is the case of 16-year-old Teresa Beyer, and she went missing on June 1st, 1987, while camping with 43-year-old Russell Welch in the Sierra Nevada mountains. Now, I know what you're all thinking, because I thought this too. What is a 16-year-old doing camping with a 43-year-old who's, who's not related to her. And um, I will get into all of that, I promise. So Teresa was in the mountains with Russell, who went by the name of Skip, and um, they were searching for Bigfoot. And Bigfoot plays a big role in this case, and I never imagined that we talk about Bigfoot so many times on this podcast Um but here we are. So Teresa goes out into the mountains with Skip and um, she doesn't return. Skip returns, but Teresa does not. And so when Teresa is reported missing, they interview Skip and he tells the investigators, listen, Teresa ran away and she might have been taken by Bigfoot. Of course, investigators are like, um, no. Um, and he was charged with abduction. He was set to go to trial in September of 1987. However, three days before the trial was set to begin, all the charges were dropped. Prosecutors had offered Skip a deal that in exchange for a signed waiver that allowed them to pursue murder charges, if her body was ever found, he would receive a one-year sentence for the abduction. And we'll get into more of that. I'll get into more of that as we as we progress. This gets, I'm going to take a deep dive. 
Um, so Skip refused this deal, and then prosecute, prosecutors later dropped the case um, to avoid double jeopardy in the event that Teresa's body is found, um, and they want to charge Skip with murder. So um, when I first started looking into this case, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of information about it. When I research, I usually start with the Charlie Project and I look at, you know, the basics of the case, who this person was, the circumstances of their disappearance. And then I go on a little internet dive. And that's where I discovered this nine-part story by Jay O'Connell on the Three Rivers News website um, that offered a whole lot more information. The series is called um, Meth, Murder, and Bigfoot a California crime saga. Um, and it is full of interesting things. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about the circumstances. We're going to learn a whole lot about Skip, a whole lot about Teresa, and take a deep dive into this case. So through this um, series of articles, the first thing we learn is that Teresa had a very rough childhood. Um, she was described as a slow learner, immature intellectually, um, and her home life was certainly not awesome. Um, so Teresa was born to Shirley and David Beyer. Um, they also had an older daughter, Teresa's sister, Yolanda. Um, Shirley was just a teenager when she gave birth to Yolanda, um, and David was serving in Vietnam at the time. So David's grandmother, Mary, raised Yolanda, the, Teresa's older sister. When David returned from his time in Vietnam, he and Shirley took Yolanda back and tried to raise her on their own. Um, but David ended up sending the gram sending Yolanda back to the grandmother because he quote didn't like how Shirley treated her, and so unfortunately, um, despite this fact that um, David doesn't like how Shirley's treating the daughter, they go on to have two more daughters, Vicky, and then Teresa was the youngest. Shirley allegedly physically abused both girls um, at one time breaking Teresa's ribs. When Teresa was three, she was so severely injured that she ended up in the hospital with a broken leg. It was at this point that social services removed the girls from the care of David and Shirley. Mary, um, who's David's grandmother, their great-grandmother, um, was in her 70s at this time and already carrying Yolanda, so she didn't think she could take Vicky and Teresa. Um, as much as she may have wanted to, you know, that's a big burden for an elderly person to take on is two more little ones. So a woman from their church took custody of the two girls and they lived there for several years. Um, David reappeared back on the scene a couple years later and he had a new wife um, at this point. Her name was Margie and this is where it gets it gets messed up. You're going to have to stay with me. So David, Teresa's dad, married Margie. And Margie had been married to Shirley's brother, John. So Shirley was the first wife. Um, and Shirley, uh, Margie and John had some children together. Um, 
So it's a big old love, not a triangle, rectangle, square, octagon. I don't know. But so there's a whole bunch of children involved. The courts give David custody of Vicky and Teresa. Yolanda, the oldest daughter, had visited a couple times with David, her father, but said that things were not good with David and Margie, his new wife. And Teresa um, eventually went to live with her great-grandmother, Mary. And uh, Mary at that time had reported that the girl was very malnourished. So she was still facing um, an abusive, neglectful home with her dad, even with a new wife. So with both wives, Shirley and Margie, uh, Teresa was not well taken care of. John, who is Margie's ex, um, and also Shirley's brother, so the girl's uncle, um, he shows up and tries to gain custody. Um, at that point, he had two sons of his own living at home, and he was married to a prostitute, um, but he had a 17-year-old girlfriend named Tammy. Tammy later described Teresa as scared, withdrawn, and basically a slave. She would often have to babysit John's sons while her mother was out prostituting. In some cases, she was forced to miss school. And these conditions, um, the conditions there in the apartment were described as filthy. Teresa called her grandmother, Mary, a few times and told her that John was molesting you. In a horrifying admission, Tammy told police later that John would sell her to his friends. And so this is just a terrible, terrible, heartbreaking situation. This young girl um, has been bounced around to several different homes, none of them very stable or um, nurturing to her. And... Um, and now she's being molested and her her uncle is selling her to his friends. Um, so on the day that Teresa went missing, Skip showed up at the apartment and he offered to take Teresa to school. A little weird. I'm not going to lie. Um, I think if someone, an older man came to my house and offered to take my child to school. Yeah, no, no thanks. Um, but John agreed. Clearly, he's not a very capable caregiver, and um, he agreed to let Skip take her to school. But later in the morning, he receives a call from the school to report her absence, and he lies and tells the school she's just homesick, um, and he thought he would just track Skip down and be like, hey, where is Teresa? Um, it's not until 9.30 that night that John actually reports her missing to police. And at this point, um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Skip. Skip is a character, uh, to say the least. Um, as I said earlier, Skip was 43, and he was taking a 16-year-old out into the middle of nowhere, supposedly to search for Bigfoot. Um, Skip was a self-described mountain man and mind in the mountains. Um, and he did know the mountains very well. He knew the, the terrain. He knew the area. Um, and Skip was obsessed with Bigfoot. And when I say like obsessed, I mean obsessed. Um, he uh, loved being in the woods. He had claimed to have seen Bigfoot on numerous occasions. I think I read that he also like 
contacted some university and the university was like, yeah, those pictures are of Bigfoot are faked. And he still went on to like claim that Bigfoot was real. And he, like, he was finding these bones and things, but so, um, so Skip loves Bigfoot. I mean, who doesn't love Bigfoot, right? And his wife had died a year or so prior um, due to an apparent drug overdose. And Skip himself was allegedly addicted to meth. And so um, that sort of gives you a sense of Skip. Um, the summer before Teresa went missing, another 16-year-old girl named Michelle Ryan went camping with Skip in the same area. Um, Michelle was warned not to go. Um, but she was intrigued by these stories of Bigfoot, you know, what 16 year old girl doesn't want to know about Bigfoot. Um, and, but she was urged not to go. Instead, she convinces two male friends, um, who are in their thirties to accompany her, um, Sam and Corky, they're in his names, the, the names of her friends. And so they go along with Michelle and Skip up to the mountains and this this drive takes hours and they go into this wood these woods it's very remote and skip called the area ghost canyon and michelle told investigators that skip had used meth on his way to this remote location and she also suspects that she was given drugs um so some shady stuff was going down and so skip and michelle and sam and corky are camping and skip's starts to tell them stories about Bigfoot. You know, I can just imagine them all around the campfire and what better time to talk about Bigfoot. He told them um, that there were supernatural creatures that lived in the woods and that could communicate with him telepathically. He told the three younger people that Bigfoot creatures also worship women um, and that there was evil devil gods in the area. And so as they're listening to these creepy stories, Every noise that they hear, they begin to think it's Bigfoot or the devil or some creature. And Corky later said it was the weirdest night of his life. And Sam was convinced that he saw glowing eyes at one point. So creepy. So just creepy. Um, Michelle fell asleep and she later woke up screaming that there was a devil creature near her. And it was pure evil. She tried to run off a cliff. It's just crazy. Sam grabbed her before she could fall. Um, and so by all accounts of Michelle, Sam, and Corky, this is just a weird, unusual evening. And so after Teresa goes missing, missing, the detectives start digging into Skip's background. And they start talking to his family. And Skip's daughter um, tells them that Skip has a history of drugging young girls and sexually abusing them. And um, police learn of Skip's drug use as well. Um, five days after Teresa went missing, Skip's car was found at the home of Dorothy Davis, who reported that Skip was very upset and high when he arrived. He told her about a girl that was taken by a satanic group. Police learned that Skip um, had some warrants out for his arrest and so they are able to arrest him on a DUI charge and bring him in for questioning. And at first, Skip is like, listen, I took her to school. I dropped her off. But Skip loves to talk. He loves to hear himself talk. And he starts talking about Bigfoot. 
And he's rambling on and telling detectives that Teresa ran away from him and was with these supernatural beings that are protected by Bigfoot. Oh, yeah. Bigfoot's a bodyguard, too, of these supernatural beings. I forgot to tell you that. So he claims that he tried looking for Teresa and um, he couldn't find her. But then he realized, you know what? These supernatural beings that are so super intelligent, they have such this this perfect society um, that Teresa doesn't want to be found because she has such a terrible home life. She doesn't want to go back. She doesn't want to be found. She's happier and these beings won't hurt her. And um, in this one article I read, the detective um, describes this initial interview by saying that Skip was um, going off on these tangents that wasn't really producing anything other than the fact that he could change little bits of his story. The premise was, I'm going to help you solve this case and I'm gonna show you that I didn't kill her. But he would end up even when he was obviously been off his dope for several days, you know, he'd been in jail. He was still, he still has this thing with Bigfoot. He got this stare in his eyes and almost became a different person. And there are multiple times in these articles where um, they describe Skip as he's talking about Bigfoot. And it's just like this look in his eyes that he gets when he's talking about Bigfoot. Which is, I imagine to be like when I talk about like pizza like there's just lovely look on my face. And so um so at first he tells her that he dropped her off at school. Um and then he changes his story a little bit. He says that he dropped her off at school and at the school she was met by a girl with blonde hair and Teresa turned to him and said that this girl was a friend who would help her hide out. And he was implying that Teresa had run away on her own. And Skip also said that dropping Teresa after dropping Teresa off at school, he stayed in town and he didn't leave. And detectives pointed out that that was untrue, that, you know, his car was seen up in the woods. Um, so Chip, Skip changes his story again. And he says, yeah, he went into the mountains, but he would never take a young girl into the mountains. There are too many, quote, dangers. And so detectives point out that Skip's children saw Teresa with him when they were headed up to the mountains. And she said that they were going to look for Bigfoot. And so Skip again changed his story. This time he claims that he last saw Teresa run off into the woods with another young woman. And they were trying to hide from him. And he's unable to find him. But the de detective quickly was like, um, bullshit. And he said to Skip, you know, like, you're this mountain man, you know, this terrain. How is it possible that you don't, you can't find two girls in, in these woods? And Skip finally is like, okay, all the truth bigger than life. And that's his quote, all the truth bigger than life. And basically he's saying, listen, you're not going to believe this, but here's what it is. Skip begins this fantastical story about Teresa being seduced by these supernatural beings that are in the mountains and running off with them. And um, the supernatural being had presented herself in the form of a woman with blonde hair, approximately the same age as Teresa. And Bigfoot serves as a bodyguard to these super intelligent beings. And 
Skip tells the detectives that these beings won't hurt Teresa, but he knows that we'll never see her again. We'll never find her because she doesn't want to leave. And um, the detective at this point is like, you know, he's clearly got some drug problems. And they thought he might have been suffering from meth psychosis. And um, so apparently with meth psychosis, um, a person can start having hallucinations, delusions, and obsessive behavior. And this can also present as like aggressive or violent behavior. And so the police are, they realize, you know, we're not going to get much out of this guy. But Skip does agree to take law enforcement up to the campsite so they can search. And so the next day, all these law enforcement personnel, they go up to into the mountains led by crazy ass skip and I want to reiterate that this is not an easy journey it takes hours and it's not really a road there you know so they're, they're driving up there but it's like basically like a path in the woods and you know it's so secluded they don't pass another vehicle for miles the roof, the terrain is very rough and all the while skip is talking about Bigfoot still and they arrive at the campsite, and the investigators immediately sense some, that something is off. So they arrive at this campsite, and there's a fire that's still sort of smoldering, which seems like a huge red flag. Um, at this point, I think it's been five days since Teresa's gone missing. And um, also nearby, there's a camera and a purse, and they find some female clothing in the woods, you know, like a bra, some panties. Um, but inside the purse, there are Polaroid photos. And some of the pic pictures contain a blonde girl and some contain Teresa. But police immediately realized that the pictures were not taken at this campsite. And while the campsite looks the same, the surrounding terrain doesn't match up. And it appears that Skip has sort of staged this campsite. And from looking at the terrain, they realize that the actual campsite is about 20 miles away. And so investigators end up searching both sites repeatedly. They had helicopters. Um, and it's like some technology that was like really new um, at the time, but they find nothing. In the meantime, Skip is charged with Teresa's disappearance, specifically a felony charge of child stealing or abduction. And police continue to search, um, convinced, they are convinced that Skip has harmed Teresa in some way, and that, or he knows what has happened to her and had something to do with her disappearance. And so um, they continue to search. They search his car, but they find no evidence, and they're searching these campsites and not finding any evidence. And meanwhile, family members of Skip's start reaching out to police, and they believe that something has happened with Skip, and Teresa is buried in the woods. Also, at this time, police speak with John Richmond, Teresa's uncle, who had legal guardianship of her. And shockingly, he says that he had met Skip only a week before. So he's known this man for the total of seven days and lets this man, this 43-year-old man, take his 16-year-old niece, quote, to school. Um, 
I found that horrifying. I find the whole thing horrifying, but that part was truly shocking. So, um, one interview that was really interesting was they interviewed James Welch, who is Skip's nephew. And, um, he admits that Skip had staged that campsite. They pretty are, they pretty much already knew it, but, um, James just confirms that yes, it was a staged site. And he said that he was also the per person that urged Michelle Ryan not to go into the mountains with Skip alone before Teresa's disappearance. He also talks about how Skip had pointed out a stone um, up in these mountains that he called like a sacrificial rock. And he explained to James that Bigfoot worshipped women, but... Um, the worship was in the form of a sacrifice and the women had to be sacrificed on this rock in a certain way. James also claimed the skip was just playing a game with law enforcement, making up these stories and um, pretty much leading them on a wild goose chase um, and would get away with this crime. James also tells the, the police that he thinks that Teresa's body may be in one of his uncle's mine shafts. In the meantime, Skip, who loves talking, keeps calling the detective, changing his story. Teresa ran off with other campers. She ran off with a motorcycle gang. All these things. So trial is ready to start for Skip um, on this abduction charge. And if convicted of this charge, Skip would face up to four years in prison. So investigators try to offer a deal. And they say, if Skip pleads guilty... To this charge, he would get one year in county jail. However, he would have to sign this waiver that would um, forfeit his protection against double jeopardy so that he could still be charged with murder if Teresa's body is found or if enough evidence is found that they can bring that to trial. And his attorneys reject this plea. Um, Skip's attorneys reject it. And... Um, sometime later, Skip is released from jail and the charges against him were dropped in relation to Teresa's disappearance. And this, while this seems like a blow to detectives, they were hopeful that more evidence would come to light and that Skip would be charged and convicted of murder. Unfortunately, no new evidence has been found. And because Teresa had this really convoluted family life, there was no one there to put pressure on law enforcement um, to keep searching and keep the case fresh. There was no pressure on the press to keep her name out in the media and the news. And there was no pressure on prosecutors to bring charges against Skip. And um, it's often said, too, that her disappearance is overshadowed by these crazy stories that Skip told about Bigfoot. And... Um, and that's just heartbreaking that um, Teresa really has no family to keep this story out there. And Skip has still not been charged with any crime in, in connection with this um, disappearance. What is clear is that Skip was not in his right mind, whether that's due to drug use or mental illness. Um, he was the last person to see Teresa, and he definitely knows what happened to her. Um, 
it seems that the police believe he's connected to the disappearance and are just waiting for more evidence to surface to ensure um, a conviction. So Teresa Beyer is still missing. Anyone with information can contact the Fresno Police Department at 559-498-1265. So that is my case for this week. And... Um, and I hope to still release a case every week. So, um, stay tuned in, stick with us, stick with me, um, as we work out these kinks, as we learn it, it is a totally one woman show now. So, um, just be patient with us. <laughs> All right. Thank you.